Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. If you would like to write to us or you have any questions or inquiries or prayer requests, please send them to us through our contact page on warn-usa.com. And be sure to follow the WIBR Warren Radio on Twitter by using hashtag Watchman, or I'm sorry, hashtag Warren Radio and hashtag Watchman IS216. On Instagram, it's hashtag Warren Radio. On LinkedIn, you can find us by using hashtag Watchman. Join us on USA.live or MeWe by using hashtag Warren Radio. And join us on Parlor at by using at Watchman DGS. You can also join us on CloudHub by at Warren Radio. You can listen to the WIBR Warren Radio next network through the following carriers blueberry iHeartRadio, itune player apple podcasts breaker stitcher tune in google play music warn radio visions on blog talk radio podcast addict cast box google podcast anchor deezer and podchaser the special events that are coming up this month are from the evening of October, well, um, the evening of October 2nd to the evening of October 10th is the Feast of Tabernacles. And please take time to read the pertinent articles by the Watchmen. They are inspired and they're for this day and age that we're living in. And you can read the following on DanaGlynSmith.com Faith and Testimony of Jesus Christ The Gospel of Life Given to All People So That They Would Repent and Believe on Jesus Christ The Faith and Testimony of Jesus Christ at the Time of the End Also, Antichrist Deluge America Let Us Fight let us fight till all be exhausted and banner raised. The flood has come. It has taken its toll. And you can also read the Wayfaring Americana, Poor Wayfaring Stranger. This is a poor wayfaring stranger on the road in Americana today. Do you know who it is? And you can read America... American Social Change and Violent Overthrow Through American Social Change, the enemy has taken the house, and the next goal will be violent overthrow if it cannot take what it wants peaceably through deception. You can go to DanaGlynSmith.com to read those articles. And on um, Warren-USA.com, you can listen to the latest classic Warren Radio Advocacy series on Iraq, Syria, Israel, and Turkey. And now I welcome in the Watchman. 
You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to be here on this Thursday night. Yep, it is Thursday. Checked it out. Yep. So tonight on Battle Lines, we are doing part six, part 65 of Isaiah's prophetic book, I will arise. I will arise has much to say about the future. It also is a persistent reminder of how the Lord monitors the nations of men. While most societies truly ignore the Lord God, our Father and His begotten Son, Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah, His believers do not. So that is tonight, part 65. Okay, we'll get going. Okay, I'll see you on the other side. We left off uh, <clears throat> Isaiah twenty-eight twenty. We did that. And uh, the three verses that we were covering last time, verse 18, 19, and 20 of chapter 28. This is one of those things when you have troubles coming. In this case, uh, we're talking about a scourge that's coming, an over-powerful, overpowering uh, trouble that you can't stop. I mean, if we look in America, you know, we've had a whole litany of stuff coming at us. And, of course, uh, now <clears throat> we've got the division in politics. We also got the vote uh, coming up in November that everybody's concerned about. We've got fires all over the place. we got fires... Uh, even here where we're at in our state. And so uh, this stuff just keeps coming. There's no rest. There's nothing. And uh, like in verse 19, it says, From the time that it goes forth, it shall take you. In a, it'll overtake you. In other words, it won't be delayed. It goes on to say, For morning by morning shall it pass over. There's no intermission, no stopping. By day and by night, it'll not stop. It's going to be going on day and night until this thing is over. And it says, It shall be a vexation or alarm, agitation, and distress. Well, that kind of explains what's been going on in America for a long time. And uh, that's why when we look at this and we see judgment... And uh, we see that, uh, you know, you have the judgment and you have this particular line. If you were built, if you were a carpenter building something, you would mark a line. And you mark it according to how straight, of course, you want it. And, of course, you got a plumb bob. And, and uh, you know, here the measure to, to judge everything with is righteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation, but a sin is a reproach to any people. And so this is something that, of course, in our modern age, 
we're not really interested in listening. Uh, you know, when people tell us, well, you know, uh, you need to repent, you need to watch out, you know, God only allows you to do such thing. Uh, the, God gives us wor his word and, you know, people don't want to hear it. And so the next verse is Isaiah twenty-eight twenty-one. For the Lord shall arise up as in Mount Perizim. He shall be wroth as in the valley of Gibeon, that he may do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act. Um, as in Mount Perizim. Uh, Perizim is from a word parats, to tear or break forth as waters. Waters that have been dammed up. If you have a dam and all of a sudden it breaks, man, a whole flood. And what this does is this is a reminder of sudden judgment. And of course, I mean, look at America. I mean, look at the world. I mean, you can see chaos and trouble everywhere. And just look at the all the winter storms we've had, hurricanes and things that have popped up this year. I mean, we've got a lot and we've got every kind of thing you could think of. And so it would, um, you know, when stuff like this has happens, you'd think people would uh, begin to wonder, well, you know, maybe uh, in America we're doing things wrong. Maybe in America we need to repent. Maybe in America we need to stop doing these things. But, of course, in America and the nations of men, that's far from the case and uh, of, of understanding what you need to do. Now, you see, Nineveh, when approached by um, uh, Jonah, repented from the king all the way down to the animals. And God listened and turned from his wrath. But 70 years later, they forgot and they were judged again. Now, in 2 Samuel 5.20, uh, when we talk about Perizim, to break forth, um, that's the word. To tear or break forth as waters that have been confined or, or dammed up. And you have that dam that breaks and they break forth. Well, David came to Baal Perizim. Now, Baal, of course, the, the Babylonian god. Perizim is the location, and David smote them there and said, The Lord has broken forth upon my enemies before me as a breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal Perizim. And, <laughs> you know, this, this should give people a warning. You know, but see, unfortunately, we are rather slow to the draw when it comes to understanding judgment. And of course, many nations are, you know, and that, that's probably in the nature of nations of men. You know, they think God is somewhere else and doesn't care. And they begin to do all kinds of things and they don't repent and they think everything's fine. They begin to lie and cheat and steal and do everything else. And then all of a sudden it happens in a second. One minute you have a house and it's sitting there and everything's fine and wonderful in your little world. 
the dam breaks, the water comes in, floods, carries the house away, kills everybody, and you're sitting up on a rock by yourself wondering what, what happened. See, that's what we called sudden judgment. So in Isaiah 18:22, now therefore be not mockers. <laughs> okay, we're speaking to the modern world here. But see, they were mocking back in the time of uh, Isaiah's day. They knew what mocking was. Uh, the northern tribes mocked God. Judah mocked God and even the even the the prophets and the priests and the political establishment in Judah and Jerusalem uh didn't didn't believe uh, Jeremiah when he tried to tell him that Babylon was going to carry him away if they didn't repent, but they never repented because they thought he was a liar. They had their own prophets, so their own prophets would come down and soothe the itching ears. If they got a little afraid, they'd bring in that nice old prophet, and he would smooth it over. You know, don't be afraid of Jeremiah. You know, we got this... You know, it's going to be all right. I prophesy that God is going to bless this no matter what you're doing. You know, of course, he won't bring up the sin, folks. He'll just smooth it over. You know, just whisper in their ears sweet nothings. And so all of a sudden, they're destroyed. And they're looking around wanting to talk to that prophet. Of course, he's dead. He ain't around. But Jeremiah's around. He was in the middle of Jerusalem when Babylon took it. And they told him, you can come away with us to Babylon if you want. You can stay here, do whatever you want, Jeremiah. You're free to go. <laughs> the Lord told him he would be fine. Yeah. Now, you see, Peter talks a little bit about that. Uh, you know, God knows how to render judgment to the wicked and still deliver his people. Don't ever forget that. So Isaiah t reminds them, don't be mockers, lest your bands be made strong. See, God has a way to put you in bands or bonds. And he says, for I have heard from the Lord God of hosts a consumption, even determined on the whole earth. Now this ain't good. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to do something about Isaiah. It used to be. Just us that he was talking about. Now he says upon the whole earth. But many times when you're looking at the prophetic uh, situation that, that faces them, they'll say the whole earth because the whole earth to them at that point is right where they're at and all the accompanying countryside roundabout and some of the nations. There's nobody escaping it. A consumption. And so... The mocking leaders wouldn't listen. So they led the nation in rebellion. It's kind of like our political establishment today. The prevailing sin seen above in verses 9 through 14, all would be punished according to their sin. The prophet had heard from the Lord of this consumption on the whole earth. You know, you can you can say, well, you mean God worries about sin? No, he don't worry about it. He's given you a choice. He's provided his son today. And see, 
in Isaiah's day, they were under the law. But see, the nations of men, the Gentiles, they weren't under the law. But see, there's still a law that affect them. Because God is not going to put up with it forever. But the good thing of it is, one the good thing, if we get into Romans 9, 27 through 29, it says, Isaiah also cried concerning Israel, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, except the Lord of Sabaoth had left us a seed, we had been as Sodom and been made like unto Gomorrah. In other words, in God's judgment, because Israel had rebelled, both houses, he still left them a seed. Now, see, the northern tribes were pretty much carried away and intermixed with the Assyrians who came in. And Judah, of course, the Babylonians from Chaldea. <laughs> yep, there was just a little bit left. And they were in captivity. But then God brought them back. And so you look on the earth, there, God is always going to have a remnant. And Israel's going to have a remnant. But you know, God puts it this way. You have a choice. Now see, during the time of Isaiah, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Redeemer hadn't come yet, but he's here now. I mean, he came. And uh, so we're living in the time of the end, in the gospel of our salvation, where God gives us a chance every day, every second of every day, for you to repent. But, you know, people live their life in America very haphazardly. I mean, if we've looked at all the riots that Antifa and BLM have been doing, and all of the the businesses they have burned... You look at what America is like today. We're increasingly being torn apart. This too is judgment. Because God is only going to play so long with your games. But see, there's people that simply don't believe this. I know, I've talked to them. And I don't argue with them. I don't have to. We just talk. No, they don't believe it. And they may not even say that they don't believe it, but you know they do. I know people that Tower and I, when we first started many, many years ago, we were telling people what was coming. We knew then. And, of course, because everything was nice, nobody paid attention Jeremiah warned Judah 
for a very long time. They got really sick of Jeremiah. <laughs> and Jeremiah, I'm sure, was sick of having to tell him. In Isaiah 28:23, it's it says, Give ye ear, hear my voice, hearken and hear my speech. And 24, it says, Does the plowman plow all day to sow? Does he open and break the clods of his ground? Now, you see, my granddaddy was a farmer. You could call him a dirt farmer. And uh, he farmed a lot of different crops. And he had a lot of different animals he took care of. Everything he ate, he practically made himself. Grew himself. Harvested himself. There was nothing that was done that him and grandma didn't do. And then, of course, when the grandkids like me came along, we would help them. And even a grandkid knows when you get into the garden and you have to plow it up, you got to break up the clods. And even after you sow the summer, you you got to break that up again and before winter and then in the in the spring again you you got to do the same thing at least around here if you got good ground you don't have to worry about it but see you just don't plow all day that'd be stupid no you don't plow all day and you don't sow all the time and you don't water all the time no, there's a process. But if you're going to bring in the pro in the harvest, if you've got to save people, you've got to do everything. And you've got to do it in order and you've got to do it right and you know you got to have good ground. You've got to have good loamy soil. You got to have good seeds. Because if the seed isn't any good, it doesn't do you any good to stick it in the ground. Our seed is the Word of God, the best there is. The heart of men are prepared by prayer. And you water it more with a couple of things. First is the witness of the Holy Spirit and the work of God in their lives once they start coming to the Lord and more of the word of God, the milk of the word and then the meat of the word. See, you got to remove the rocks. You got to remove the clay. You got to break it up. And in America, you got to break it up because you've got worldliness. Hedonism. And many other kind of isms. Everything that has made the heart like rock, unplowable, unsowable. Verse 25, he goes on to say, And when he has made plain the face thereof, does he not cast abroad the fitches? Now this is a small species of pea. This has to do with what they would throw there, you know, sow there. Some people see it as fennel or dill. And I can tell you, we do a lot of dill around here. And when I'm when I'm sowing dill, dill grows, and that's why you call it dill weed. Uh, 
you just throw it out there. It'll grow. You can leave it there, and it'll sit on top of the ground, somehow find its way in the ground, and it will grow next year, every time. I never have to worry about dill. Once I started it, it just kind of has a life on its own. But see, not all seed is like that. You know, there, there are some places you can go and you can sow the seed of God and you got more people getting saved you can shake a stick at. You go to other places and boy, they're just like crusty old grumps. They got rocks for hearts. They got ears full of clay. And you could get more done if you got something, hit them over the head to get their attention. Well, see, that's what God does. That's what he's doing with America right now. Okay, you love your money, you love your homes, you love your businesses, you love your way of life. Well, I'm going to take it from you. You love your forces, they're going to, uh, uh, your forests, I'm going to burn them down. I'm going to send judgment. You love your cities, I'm going to send a group in there to tear and burn and pillage everything because you won't listen. You don't think God does that? Oh, you got a lesson to learn here, boy. See, Isaiah is trying to get across to them that all of this is really an effort to bring mercy to them. You know, in essence, you get back in the Old Testament. See, they didn't have the Son of God. You know, Paul even points this out. How much more judgment are you going to face today when you kick asunder the blood from the Son of God and you reject what God has done. You see, there's more judgment coming your way. You have more responsibility because God gave of himself by giving his only begotten Son who died on the cross for you. And now when you reject, it's not like rejecting things in the Old Testament. No, no, no. This was totally on you. God didn't require you to give your two cents worth, two pences worth, or two anything worth. There's nothing you can do to earn this. He gave. He loved. And the sad thing of it is, there are people that still will ignore it. And when you're dealing in judgment, and see, that's half the problem today because we've got a lot of churches, we think everything's fine, and this is where, you know, the, Revel the, the revelator, John, uh, wrote to the churches. One of them, of course, was the Laodicean church. It's kind of interesting that the Laodicean church came up in some of these uh, big meetings of Graham and Jonathan Kahn talking about the Laodicean church. And, of course, it it's, plays an important part in the third one coming up with Carter Conlon. See, these, these are three big groups, very important ministries, that have got a presence in America that people know. And every one of them are having a meeting of repentance and, and coming before God in order to save the nation. Meanwhile, all the Democrats and Republicans to do is argue over the new Supreme Court nominee. All they can do is blame Trump over some uh, second-rate 
debate they had headed up by, you know, a left-wing moderator by the name of Wallace. I mean, this is all of our attempts to be legit in this country, that everything's fine. Things are not fine, folks. Israel had the same problem. So did many of the other nations. What about Nineveh? Everything was fine. They was able to do everything they wanted to do until all of a sudden one of the Jewish prophets showed up to tell them, and they had heard of the Jewish prophets. Even Babylon knew of the Jewish prophets. All the countries around knew. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you had a Jewish prophet, these weren't like the pagan uh, people that, you know, pretended they were really holy. No, there was something with these guys. They had power. If they said, thus saith the Lord, you'd better be sure that it was going to come to pass. And if you gave him any trouble, especially uh, like with Elijah fire, God would come down and it'd send your britches, if not kill you. The old word was, you know, you fear God and you also fear his prophets because God put the fire of God in those prophets. We have no respect for God today, especially in America. Even in the churches, we've lost the fear of the Lord. We've lost the sight of his holiness, his glory, and who he is. And around the world's the same way because we have many nations that are actively waging war against the Lord God and his Son and those who are his. For every Christian you kill, you're killing Christ. For every Christian you're throwing in jail, you're throwing Christ in jail. You got so many marks on the wall now, you'd better repent because Christ will forgive you. See, that's the way it works today. But boy, if you'd have been during the law, you'd have been in trouble. So I like this analogy of the planning and the plowman and all this. But see, the thing of it is, is when you're trying to save a nation, you just don't do one thing. There comes a time when you're done warning. There comes a time when you're done talking. There comes a time when God is done sending prophets and preachers and people to tell you. There comes a time when God stops sending disasters and various things to wake you up. There comes a time when he just says, okay, you've made up your mind. And then the dam will break. And the flood will come. The flood of judgment that you can't stop. You cannot survive. Now see, the major one is coming. Paul warns us about that in Second Timothy. Second Thessalonians, excuse me. The son of perdition is going to be coming. And people are going to serve him. People are going to follow him. They're going to like it. They will be given a delusion that they can't ignore. There will be signs and wonders and they will follow him and he will blaspheme the God of heaven. They, he will blaspheme this son of God. He will make war against the saints and against Israel. And just when you think you have taught these Christians and this God a thing or two, because you knew he wasn't the true God all along, you've taken the mark and you're sitting there, 
You think everything's fine and dandy, and then you start seeing the wrath of God tribulation, and you see the Antichrist sitting on the throne, a shuddering and a shaking, because he knows his kingdom about ready to get ripped out from under him. He's going to lay down and weep and cry before the Son of God, and he won't even get away even if he licks the soles of his feet and he'll be willing to do that he's going to get thrown down in into the pit of hell so quick he won't even have a say so and then death and hell are going to be thrown into the lake of fire see and none of that was made for the believers none of that was made for the unbelievers either it it was made for the devil see that's the thing you got to stop listening to the devil. Stop listening to him. Stop listening to a lot of this political agenda. Stop listening to the lies out there. There's some of these churches, man, they're off left wing down the road, man. You need to get back into the Word of God. Now, see, in regarding to the plowman and the one that's doing the planning, verse 26 says, For as God does instruct him, to discretion and does teach him. You see, today in the New Covenant, we are taught God's Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the child of God. The kingdom of God is within us. We have received him, John 1. We have been born again of his Spirit, John 3. And we abide in him, John 15. We do those things that are pleasing in his sight. We've confessed and repented, Romans 3 through 7. We walk in the light as he is in the light, 1 John chapter 1. And we know that this is the true God and his son, Yahshua. Jesus is the savior of the world, 1 John 5. And God teaches us. He's warned us. He told us these things are coming. This stuff isn't surprising to the true believer. He knows what's coming. And God has taught us, not just in understanding the time of the season, but he gives us love. He helps us to understand and to have patience and faith that everything is governed by the providence and the judgment of God Almighty. And every jot and tittle of the word of God shall come to pass. You know, there's a season of repentance. There's a season of growth. There's a season of prosperity. There's a season of fullness and there's a season of wickedness and darkness and judgment. You know, I like the saying too because he goes on down to verse 27 for the fitches. That's those little peas. It also talks about let me go here. Are not threshed with a threshing instrument, neither is a cartwheel turned about upon the cumin. 
that is an herb I use a lot. It's used in the Middle East, but I use it in Mexican food, Spanish food. But they're beaten out with a staff and the cumin with a rod. You have to beat it out. I mean, unless you want to pick each individual grain. And you, <laughs> then if you're making, for instance, flour and stuff, you got to separate the inside of the grain from the outside. And, of course, that's where you get brown and white, white rice from. they got two different kinds. One has the the shell. The other one don't. It's just the straight pulp of the rice. And it, verse 28 says, Bread, corn is bruised, made into flour. you got to beat it. But you can do anything. I mean, you can make it out of millet, sorghum. You can make bread out of uh, almond pecans you can virtually make flour out of anything i know because i use a lot of lot of different flours it fits right into what i used to do i was a chef executive chef i did scratch french pastries i know what good desserts are But you see, all the ways to farm, all the ways to get a harvest. You know, God has made a way for us. There is, as Daniel says, knowledge shall increase. The angel told him to seal up all those words until the end of time. Daniel didn't quite understand them all, but they were sealed in the book. Until the time of the end when people go to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Now we've got all the knowledge in the world. We have got computers and supercomputers. We've got planes that fly. We've got cars. We've got every kind of device and technology known to men. I've got devices here that when I'm working with food and various things, if you, the old gals and guys in the old days, it would take them all day to get enough flour to do what we do. Well, where's the flour at? Well, it's out in the field. You see them things growing over there? Well, how do I make it out of that? Well, first you got to go harvest it. you got to cut it down. You uh, Thresh it. Then you got to grind it. You got to separate it. I mean, you know, just good grief. Now all you got to do is go to a store. I want flour. Buy flour, go home and throw your junk in it, and stick it in an oven. You got bread. Dear God in heaven, you are spoiled, folks. So am I. I don't want to go back the way my grandfather did everything. One of my previous grandfathers a long time ago. You know, Kyle and Delish, which do a lot of, there's a lot of Old Testament, they're, they're Hebrew uh, commentators. Uh, the punishments and chastisements of Jehovah are the plowshare and harrow, which 
he forcibly breaks up, turns over, over and furrows the field. In other words, you disturb the dirt. Because that dirt by itself isn't going to churn itself. But see, that doesn't last forever. There's something else. Because you got to make that ground fertile so you can plant seed. Now you see, if you're going to have a good crop, you got to have fertile ground. If you're going to have a people that will repent and they're stubborn and hard-headed and won't listen, you got to beat up the ground to that heart. That's where this comes in at. You got to make it pliable so you will listen. Why? So God can forgive you so you can repent. And in America, folks, our problem is we're not listening. Many have hard hearts. Many, they spend all their time telling people stuff. Nobody wants to listen. Everybody wants to condemn. Everybody wants their own whatever and tells tell people what to do. If you look at Antifa and Black Lives Matter on the streets, we've seen it play over and over again. All these kids do. I've seen them come down and to diners. Instead of being halfway decent, these young people, especially the women, they stand there and scream their freaking head off like a dingbat. Girl, get away from me. I'm going to punch you in the mouth if you don't get your face away from me. But see, a lot of people... Americans would just sit there calmly and let them scream their, you know, living brains out. You're this and you're that and you're no good and you're blah, blah, blah. And they spend, that's what they do. That's how they protest. I've seen this one girl do that to a policeman and she got knocked out. He hauled off and hit her. I seen a woman policeman and some guy tried to take her gun and that didn't work out well for that guy at all. She took him out. You see, we don't spank our kids anymore. Thanks to experts a long time ago, about the time we were raising our kids. So nobody wants to discipline your kids. So now what do you have? You have kids that basically get away with everything. They've been taught stuff that they shouldn't have been. And so they don't think you're going to do anything. They think that they're in the right because they've been taught wrong. And so this is what we're up against in America. But if you look over over in, for instance, India, you got the Hindus that want a Hindu state and they're by the thousands, by the thousands, gathering together to run Christians out, beat them out, burn them out, kill them, whatever. Pakistan has a whole bunch of Muslims. Time and time again, we see Christians in trouble over there. Iran recently had a, had a night raid where they were raiding house churches in Iran, which it's illegal to have a house church in Iran, but see... The Ayatollah ain't very happy because a lot of Muslims are becoming former Muslims and coming to Christianity. China has been 
waylaying Christians and closing churches like never before. There was a time that they allowed them. Now they don't. There's a, there's a war against God and a war against his people in every way, shape, or form, especially the Christians. The Antichrist spirit is sweeping the world right now. And we cover a lot of nations in our Wednesday advocacy broadcast. And we tell you what's going on, as well as the miracles that are happening. Now see, with that ending, and the prophet comparing all this to planning and getting the ground ready, I mean, even Judah, you know, when Jeremiah was there, they had the religion, you know, they had the high priests, they had the prophets, they had the temple, but they still didn't have it right. God had to send Jeremiah to warn them, try to wake them up. But even Isaiah, God knew that they weren't going to repent. But he went after them anyway. Now see, in chapter 29, that's where we're at now. The prophecy now is leaving Samaria. who, of course, was seen as a crown of pride. It's going to be smitten in judgment. It's known as Ephraim as well. Isaiah 28, 1 through 3, and this kind of connects it for you. Woe to the crown of pride to the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is a fading flower. In other words, it was gorgeous. They were doing all right, and everything went to their head, and they fell away. Which are on the head of the fat valleys of them that are overcome with wine. So now they're getting drunk. We went through this, so I'm not going to talk much more about that. Behold, the Lord has a mighty and strong one, which has a tempest of hail and a destroying storm, has a flood of mighty waters overflowing, shall cast down to the earth with a hand. That's the judgment. That's the army coming. The crown of pride, the drunkards of Ephraim, shall be trodden under feet. Now that's in the first three verses, and then the whole chapter expands on that. But you have those, and those just tell you what, what happened to Samaria, Ephraim. It now proceeds to Ariel, which is kind of a, a funny term, Ariel. This refers to Jerusalem. Now see, Ariel is the Hebrew word uh, in the Strong 740. And it's the same as the Hebrew Strong's word 739. Which comes from another one, 738. They're all like one apart. But it's 738 and 410. Well, what I'm getting at is Ariel comes from these words, which means Lion of God. 
Jerusalem, the Lion of God, Ariel. The Lion of the tribe of Judah, Yahshua, Jesus. But see, Jerusalem has a problem. It's the same word used in Ezekiel, although it's a different Hebrew Strong's word. And uh, if you go into the revised version that is in the British and American one versions there, they render it as altar hearth, which denotes a fire. And, you know, our God is a consuming fire, but that's not the kind of fire precisely. They're not becoming like God in this consuming fire. They are being consumed by that fire. And so when this thing hits and... It tells you in, in the beginning of the chapter that within a year, and, and that only gives you just one more round of feasts, and they really follow the feasts. You give them a year, enjoying all the stuff that they do in the temple and everything else and their feasts. Jerusalem would become a besieged city. Now see, the thing with the usage on Ariel, the, the verbiage is Lion of God, but if you take the other word, meaning altar hearth, that God is going to pass them through the fire. Because the foes are going to come. And are they going to make it through the fire? Or are they going to meet their end in the destruction of Jerusalem? It'll be like wood piled up on the altar in a fire and, and everything's consumed in a flame. Now see, we see this in another place, folks. It's in the New Testament. It is the Laodicean church. They saw themselves as rich and in need of nothing, but the Lord found them and said, You're wretched, poor, blind, and naked, and I counsel you to buy me of gold tried in fire. Now, see, the only way to get gold out of something, you have to refine it. And I have talked about the smelting process. I've taught about that before. But in order to get pure gold, we can't get pure gold on the earth. It's 99.99%, I think it is. But when you see gold in heaven, it's clear like glass, and you can walk on it. And we see it, glory, uh, glorified uh, gold that we can't even comprehend. And here it is so 
expensive. Men kill for it, steal it, rob it, do anything to have it. In heaven, you walk on it. You walk on streets of gold. So that's a difference. See, there's higher value than gold. But you got to see God, and he'll show you. Counsel me. That's what God wanted him to respond. Go ahead, Lord. Counsel me. And so they would find out just where their loyalties lay. And see, that's, that's really the issue when we talk about life and death and faith and this old world. Because in the end, the Lord determines our birth. The Lord determines when you're going to die. And the Lord has determined to send his son. So that you would given, will be given an opportunity to be saved. See, that's in your corner. The nations of men are free to do as they please. And God's providence is beneficial nature. His mercy towards us allows the nations of men to have sun and seasons and the ability to make money, the ability to live a life, and we can live it wickedly, we can live it honorably and good. We can live it as the children of God, or we can live it as sent by Satan. Wicked and vile. But God has made a way for everybody to repent. But see, when it gets down to judging the nations, that nation has gone too far in the laws of God. They have violated too much. And one of the biggest things there is, is violating this blood, the innocent blood. And you'll find the judgment of the blood, which goes clear from Genesis all the way to Revelation, and even through the Gospels, and the Lord even talked about it, is one of those things that God will judge. And he will make them drink blood. For they are worthy of such a judgment. But see, God wants to give mercy. And see, this is where we have problem in today's modern age. Because, you know, we have so much technology. You know, a lot of people today, when they read uh, the Bible stories, and you get back into Egypt and Pharaoh and the miracles, 
you know, they look at that as just a mere story. You know, they see America and the nations today as being far advanced, having every kind of technological advantage. There's no way God could do anything. They don't realize that the technology you enjoy is something God merely allowed you to have. Because Daniel talked about it. Knowledge shall increase, and out of knowledge comes technology with the wisdom to know what to do with it. And so there's one thing you can learn from Isaiah, and that is remember to repent. (laughs) So if judgment comes, may the Lord spare you. And there is a scripture to pray, and he commands you to pray that. Look up, look up, Luke 21. I think it's 34 through 37. There's about three verses in there, and there's one that says, Watch and pray always. Look for that one. That you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that are going to come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. That's what you need to be praying right now, every day for you and your family. Father, thank you for your word. Bless those that hear this whenever they hear it. Move in their hearts. Draw them to yourself. In Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. Amen. Okay, Tower. Amen. That was a good word. You know, I find it astounding the more the technology, the further away from God we get. And he's the one that created, created it all. Yeah. And gave us the knowledge. It's just astounding. Well, if you think the Internet is fast here, just wait till you get in heaven. They've got one so fast. <laughs> won't need it there. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not called Microsoft Windows 10 either. I'm afraid. I think that's the one the devil's using. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he's he's got the slower version. He doesn't have quite the speed the Lord does. That's right. And he isn't omnipotent and omnipresent either. That's right. And perfect and holy. Yeah, and plus they are corrupted. That's right. It is. Talk about choosing the wrong side. I I hear these young kids. Well, you know, I, I'm serving Satan now. Boy, talk about choosing a bad team. Yeah. Reminds me when we were kids. Remember when they were choosing sides for different games? Yep. You know, you always wanted to be on the good team. Nobody <laughs> wants to be on the bad team. That's right. Well, I'm going to go join the devil. Well, good luck with that one. God, are you people dumb or what? I think that's a scary thing. Oh, yeah. Very scary. But see, God says, you can change your mind. Come to me. Because I'll make you the son of God. A son of God. He's going to have a lot of them. I will forgive you. I will clean you up. 
I will enable you to live for me on the earth. He will make us whole. That's right. There's no need for you to do that. No need for you to go to hell. No need for you to fail in that. God has made a way for you. Amen. You need to be wise here, folks. And so do your children. Awaken to the truth. In Jesus' name. We're going to have to get out of here. Okay, well, good night, everybody. <clears throat> Excuse me, we love you. We pray for you. We're glad you're here with us. May God richly bless you in all that you do for him. And pray for your brethren around the world. And pray for us We pray for as we pray for you. And thank you. God bless you. Well, good night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.